Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. UK time. I'm joined this morning by Umar once again. They can't get rid of me now. It's just uh, back to back. <laughs> you okay? Know, yeah, I'm good, bro. It's, it's been a long time in it, so I have to just get those shows consistent with you. But yeah, it's good. Hope you're mm. well as well. Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Um, we've got some news dropping this morning. Art DeRocha of The Athletic reporting that Reese Nelson is set indeed to agree this new contract, four years uh, to 2027. Another four-year contract seems to be the norm, you know, at this stage, Arsenal with these four years. We just, you know, whatever Chelsea can do, we can do half of it. So uh, that's the way that it goes. But uh, what do you make of the, the news? Is it good news or did you kind of want to see him move on? No, I'm very happy, if I'm being completely honest. I think he's deserved a new contract. In all the performances I've seen this season, even if they, even if it's been like short cameos off the bench, he's always made a difference. And he comes on with something up his sleeve, like he's going to make an impact in the game. He scored goals in key games, going back to that Bournemouth winner. Even that cameo where he came on for Bukhara Saka against Nottingham Forest, he made the difference. And even in games where the game has essentially, we've lost a game, like Manchester City, the game was already done. He came on and he was one of the best players on the pitch. And I think he's deserved it. I think um, he, he looks like he's coming back to his best. I know he's been unfortunate with injuries, but there's always been a player in there, in, in Reese Nelson. It's always, about, it's always been about consistency. It's always been about getting rid of those niggling injuries. And... If he can get rid of those injuries, there is a good player in there. Um, he's very versatile. He can play on the right-hand side. He can play on the left-hand side. I still think his best position is from the left, if I'm being honest. Uh, I like the fact that he's explosive. One-on-one, um, -on -one, he could beat a man. And when you look at our wide forward options right now, say, for example, if Martinelli doesn't play, I want to see Reese Nelson get a shot in there. Because as much as I like Trossard, I still think Trossard is suited in the number nine position, being a backup option or rotating with Gabriel Jesus or, or at times being potentially as a left-sided midfielder when we need the goal. I think when we our wide forwards, they're best when they're on the touchline, like beating players, Bakaya Saka, Martinelli, Reese Nelson, very explosive wide forwards. I think since Trossard has come in, when he's played on the left-hand side or right-hand side, we lack a bit of dimension. The pace is not there in certain games. So I'm really happy. I think whatever happens, I think it's a good deal for Arsenal um, because if Reese Nelson does prove to be a success, he does prove to develop further than he has, then we, we would have had a good player just there amongst our ranks already. But if it doesn't go well, on the flip side, we've got someone that we can now get a fee out of. And that's never happened before. Um, so... We're in a good place. I think it's an important signing. It's a very good signing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm happy if I'm honest because I wanted him to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not surprised that there is a lot of you know happiness about this. Uh, I, I, for one, am pleased. I didn't see any downsides at all. You know, to Nelson signing a new deal is uh, he's shown to be coming off the bench, impactful. Uh, he's won us games uh, with his contributions this season. You know, Nottingham Forest at home and Bournemouth at home. Those two games in particular come to mind. And I've really, I think, from my perspective, done a full 180 since the start of the season. Mm -hmm. At the start of the season, I really did not see a future for Reese Nelson. I did not see 
um, you know, a way in which his future would be with Arsenal. But he's shown me, and I think shown plenty of others as well, that that there is that player in there, that the potential is there for him to succeed at Arsenal. And, uh, you know, with this this contract renewal, which will, I don't know any of the details regarding kind of wages or what kind of level it puts him on. I imagine it would be around what, you know, potentially close to Eddie Nketiah maybe, um, being a similar age and, you know, moving into the, the, the peak part of his career. That's maybe what we would have to kind of put him on to keep him at the club. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but I think it's good news for Arsenal, ultimately. Um, regarding potential incomings, uh, Declan Rice will dominate, obviously, our discussions surrounding this uh, and this transfer window. Manchester United, yes, they reportedly have joined the race. I mean, I don't think they ever were not in the race. <laughs> you know, I feel like they've always had an interest in Declan Rice. Arsenal are the ones that have joined the race this particular season with how impressive they've been, the money they were going to recruit from the Champions League, the intention to go for a player like the level of Rice. And actually now it's they've, they've kind of stormed ahead of other teams. But what do you make of Man United's influence on this deal? Yeah, again, I'm not surprised. I think um, there was always links there, wasn't it, with Declan Rice and Manchester United, even when Chelsea were uh, rumoured to be after him. Arsenal, I think that deal or potential deal came to fruition. I think in the January window, when the link started arising, that Arsenal's priority target for the summer is Declan Rice. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely surprised. It seems that Manchester United have targets in place for the summer, Harry Kane being one of them, Mason Mount, Declan Rice. So it seems like it's a British call that Eric Ten Hag wants to bring um, this summer. But, again, I think Declan Rice... <laughs> He's a good player, very good player. And I think the, at the end of the day, the most important thing is we have to get it over the line. I think Edu's got big responsibility this summer to basically get the priority targets over the line. If he doesn't, questions are going to be rightly asked about him because, like I said yesterday, Mikel Arteta's main target for this window is Declan Rice, Caicedo. He has to get them over the line. If he doesn't, people are going to be irritated by Edu. And it's one of those things, but there's going to be competition. Declan Rice is a fantastic player. Bayern Munich are after him. Uh, Manchester United are after him. Chelsea have been rumoured to be linked with him. So if we want to compete and if we want to beat teams to big, big players, we have to get these deals over the line. So I'm confident it will happen, but I know I've got a track record of being confident in the past and it's never seemed to have worked out. But this summer, I think we'll get Declan Rice on board. So fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. So hopefully that is, hopefully that's going to be the case um, regarding uh, th- that deal because I think it would represent a significant step forwards in the world of Arsenal um, and the midfield options. Me and you talked a bit yesterday, you know, about the one of the questions regarding Caicedo and Rice is that the goal contributions this season have been there. I wrote a piece based upon, you know, for, in, inspired by that chat yesterday, and I tweeted it last night. And my goodness, did I get responses! <laughs> Like it was, you know, I I had several, you know, back and forth with people um, about this. I think there was a lot of misinterpreting kind of the mindset. I did try to include in the original tweet the word tactically adjusting to to those players. It didn't it didn't provide enough context clearly in some cases. But uh, yeah, I think that what's what's clear about this Arsenal system right now is that we're kind of split into a back five and a front five. You know. The front five of Xhaka, Odegaard, and the front three is what produces the most offensively. And then you've got the back five of, of uh, White, Saliba, um, of course, uh, Partey, who plays at the deepest position, um, Gabriel, and then Zinchenko supports Partey as well. And then 
kind of links between the defence and the forward line. I feel as though if you move to Rice and Kaiseida, you're more moving towards a 6-4 rather than a 5-5. Is that fair? Or do you think that you would see Rice or Kaiseido coached or shifted into one of those five front five positions? Yeah, it's difficult. It is, it's difficult. That's that's why I want Kaiseido, I want Deccan Rice. I think there would be an upgrade on our midfield. But I just don't think Mikel Arteta may be thinking that way. In a way, Declan Rice, there's still a, like a clamour, what position is he going to play? Is he going to play as a six? Is he going to play as an eight? I think he's versatile to play in both positions comfortably. So, again, that's a question that's going to be asked. I think this season his goal output has improved compared to previous seasons. He does get into the box more and he does seem to be a threat. I like the way he carries the ball. So, I think he's got strengths there. But, yeah, I just think especially the fact that we're going into the Champions League next season, I think the Champions League is a format where you need more control of the ball in certain games. And if we have a midfield three of Declan Rice, Caicedo and Odegaard, will we have that in a way? So that's why I'm a bit cautious, let's let's just say, in terms of bringing those two in. Say, for example, if those are the two signings that we're going to bring in, Kaiseido and Rice, and that's it. The summer window is finished in terms of midfield uh, additions. Next season, there's going to be games away from home, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, the tough games, that we're going to struggle to create chances, create opportunities. But they can be coached. Maybe it's a way that Mikel Arteta wants to play in a different way. He wants more physicality. He wants uh, these players to create more turn- turnovers. So it allows the likes of Bakaya Saka, Martinelli, um, Gabriel Jesus, more opportunities to score goals. But if we're looking at controlling games, um, etc., there is an argument there to be had with these with these two signings. But again, Mikel Arteta may, like, like we touched on yesterday, want to reset, uh, want to ha- click the reset on the button and want to basically revamp that midfield because he's probably looked at Manchester City and he's probably said to himself, maybe we need a different way of playing, need a different way of competing against Manchester City. So there's a lot of arguments to be had. I still think if we're looking at the outgoings, Granit Xhaka, etc., three midfielders will be good um, th- this summer. Whether that's Caicedo, whether that's Rice, and maybe a good option in terms of... Um, uh, Gundogan, etc. It would be good. You, what was that player for uh, RB Leipzig? You're a big fan. Sa- Sa- boss, Sa- right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what's your What's your take on him? Because apparently he might leave this summer, but he's he's not had a good time in Germany. He's not really kind of a box to box. Yeah. Um, Can he play as a so... left sided midfielder? Yeah, he is. I mean, he's kind of like an Emil Smith Rowe in a way. Yeah. Like he's an attacking midfielder that will play off the left. Uh, he can play off the right uh, and has done played on the right and the left. Yeah. But he's not like a winger. But he yeah. plays. He's like a wide creator, if you mm. like. But he does mm. score goals. You know, he's got this season eight assists, six goals in the Bundesliga, thirteen assists, nine goals across all competitions. 
um, which is a good return. You know, 22 goal contributions in 44 games. That's a yeah. goal or assists once every two games, you know. So he's had a good season, um, but supposedly could yet, yeah, move on from Leipzig uh, this summer. Arsenal were interested when he was at uh, Salzburg. He's still only 22. Mm. His contract runs out, I would assume, in 25, uh, 26. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean... They're still he's still going to command a, a significant fee forever goes for him. But I'd be surprised if Arsenal did go for him. Um, yeah. I'd love it if they did. Yeah, <laughs> just just yeah, just I remember you're a big fan. You're a I've big pined fan. for him for a long time. So yeah, we'll see. Um, obviously, we've got a game this weekend. We could be playing in our new kit. I don't know if it's confirmed. I see Marcus yeah, in the chat says new kit's yeah. confirmed to be playing on Sunday. Um, what do you make of it? Do you like it? Yeah, I like it, to be fair. I think in recent seasons, the home kit has been a bit same-same. Um, mm-hmm. So this uh, next season's kit, uh, home kit, it does look nice. It looks nice. I like the fact that now it will incorporate the Champions League badges, which is, again, uh, a nice new look to the Arsenal home kit. I hate the away kit, the one that's uh, rumoured to be leaked. I think it's disgusting. And that's just me being... Um, I, I can't find any other word for it, but it's not nice, but... The home kit's decent. The home kit's decent. If I was going to get any kit uh, for for the upcoming season, it'd probably be the home kit. But I know you're a big fan as well of the kit. I have been, like you, so back and forth about home kits in the last few seasons. Um, I didn't really like this season's. Um, It grew on me a bit. I didn't like it when it came out. I wasn't keen on the collar. I'm not a big fan of collars. I've not uh, bought it. I've just got the away kit and the pink one. Really, I've got yeah. a pink. I've got all three for this season. Yeah. Um, I won't be buying the away kit. I can't see yes. me wanting to wear that. I, just, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't know what they were thinking. Like, like how, how can you make that and go? Oh, people gonna really want to wear this. <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's, awful, awful. it's so bad to go. Like, no, I, I think what makes it worse is obviously what we've had this season. To go from that to yeah, of course. What we're going to wear, you know, next year is a real shame. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see because uh, the, the third kit disappeared for this season. It's just, yeah, I don't know why we've not worn it. Um, I feel like there's games like Everton away where we yeah. could have worn it. I feel like um, I'm trying to think of other games this season where we could have worn the pink kit. It, the, diff- the problem with having a pink kit when you wear red and white is that it's, you know, red and white make pink. So it's, yeah. it's very different, difficult to, to they judge. They just wore that. it in the summer. They just wore it in the summer. I think it go was back Bournemouth, to Bournemouth. We yeah. wore it. Palace, we wore Palace. it. Yeah. I think that was that it. Did we wear it two yeah, days? I can't, I, can't, I, can't, yeah, I can't think of any other game that we did wear it after that. No, because we wore the white kit in the Oxford game. Um, for right, the, yeah. we probably the, wore the home kit in the Carabao campaign. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember it being worn. I really don't. Um, That's crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, who's going on the back of your home kit? Uh, that's a good question. Declan Rice. <laughs> he, he needed uh, a name. I've got one. I've got, I've, I had someone on the ground at the armory this morning uh, to get me one. Our good friend of the show, Mark okay. Feinberg. Uh, he was determined to buy the first kit out of the armory. I said to him, I texted him five minutes before, I was like, mate, they're all online. Like, it's out. <laughs> he was there. He, he, uplo- he uploaded a video. He said the queues are busy. And then I looked at it. There's nobody there. It was dead. <laughs> There's nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody there. 
So happens when you release it, it's like 9 a.m. on a on a Friday. Right, no yeah, one's yeah. no one's gonna be turned out there. Plus it's all online anyway. But yeah, he picked me on up. I've got uh, Zinchenko on the back of the home shirt. So uh I just I we did our piece yesterday about like who we went through all the different kind of um awards, if you like, for uh kind of the best moment thing. In fact, let me do it with you. Um okay. We've got one, two, and um, Chabos, you can play along as well. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven categories. Uh, yeah. We start off one with best moment. I'll tell you what mine is because if you want to be different, you can be different. I mean, for me, it was Reese Nelson against Bournemouth. That was, yeah. for me, the best moment of the season. Feel yeah. free to go different or same. No, no, to you. no, I'm not going different with that. The fact that I was there that moment this season, you were there as well. But yeah, nothing will top that. Nothing will top that. Best player. Uh, best player. Uh, now you got me thinking. Uh, in terms of impact, the player that's been made, I'd probably say uh, that's a that's a. Oh, I said Oh, That's the one I was contemplating. I think both mm. of them have made. Big, big impacts. I think towards the back end of the season where we were struggling, I think Martinelli has been fantastic. Same with Odegaard. So, all right, I'll go different. I'll, I'll, just cause, because he said Martin Odegaard, I'll say Martinelli. Fair enough. Uh, worst moment of the season? Uh, worst moment? Um, Bukayo Saka's penalty miss. Really? I said uh, Nottingham Forest away, just the performance, even yeah. though the title wasn't yet over. I just I didn't feel as low all seasons I felt in that moment. Yeah. But yeah, the, the penalty mess was was pretty bad. Uh, worst player, which is never nice to do. But... Rob Holding. Yeah, I put Rob Holding <laughs> as well. I said... I'd like to caveat the caveat yeah. this with the fact that there is really no bad players at the, yeah. in this season, exactly. and Rob Holding did have some good gains. But the problem here is Holding isn't William Saliba. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's agreed. That's, that's exactly. Hundred percent. Marcus says worst player was Bailey. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly been watching some of his clips. Um, we've got what's next on the list? Uh, most improved player. Uh, most improved player. It's great watching looking at you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking, Mine I'm thinking. was uh, Zinchenko I went for. I said he's gone from being a backup option to one of the most integral players in a side competing for a title. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say either Martinelli or William Saliba. Martinelli because I think the call contributions and output that he's basically improved on this season has been fantastic. William Saliba because everyone knew how good he was. His loan spot in Marseille. Um, but there was still always a doubt whether he could come and make a difference to this Arsenal team in the league, in the Premier League. And I think he has. He's been phenomenal. And probably you could say since he got injured, it's probably been the reason why our Premier League title challenge has faltered. So I'd say William Saliba Martinelli. Uh, next one is a biggest what-if moment of the season. Oh, biggest what-if. If we um, didn't allowed that two-goal lead to slip at Anfield. I think if we beat Liverpool at Anfield, we potentially could have gone on to win the Premier League title. Yeah, I said Martinelli's pass to Saka. Oh, I forgot about that. Why you say that, TC? I forgot about that. If if he'd have made that pass, I think he would have scored and we would have won 3-2. So, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. 
That's a shame. Real it's shame. Not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not good therapy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not good therapy, this at all, to be honest. It's just bringing back lots of negative emotion. Um, Marcus says, what if we had a one at City? Um, yeah. Rand says, 2-2 two, two against Liverpool, uh, which is, yeah, I think both of ours. Uh, weirdest or funniest moment of the season is the last one. Oh, 100%. Um, when we beat Spurs and then at full time, Granit Xhaka's going over to have a fight. We had the Tottenham players. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Like, <laughs> he's seen oh, the <laughs> just like, <laughs> nothing, him, yeah. nothing, nothing will top that for me. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I I had a few. I said one of them was uh, the camera work to catch the man that assaulted Aaron Ramsdale, like following through yeah. the stands when he's trying to like hide who he is and like, you you're going to get me. caught. Like, <laughs> what an idiot. Like, what absolute tool. Um, I, but one I wrote down, I, I, it's probably one of the most proud bits of writing I've done. I said, uh, I've had so many moments of joy, but the weirdest moment for me has to be seeing Erling Haaland let his hair down with minutes remaining in the clash between Arsenal and Man City at the Etihad for then getting the opportunity <laughs> to score. The knee slide that followed seeing that hair flick back like some advert for a well-known shampoo and conditioner brand. City have then let their hair down from that moment forward and simply kept winning, whereas Arsenal have now to shave off the last remaining players who aren't up to scratch before brushing off the disappointment of the campaign and going again to hopefully dye the ribbons of the Premier League trophy red and white next season. So plenty of hair puns (laughs) going on there. Um, but yeah, it, not not a funny moment, but a weird moment. I, honestly, I've I've seen Erling Haaland up close with his hair down as he walked through the mix zone after the game in the FA Cup, and that was weird because I'd not yeah. seen him with his hair down before. But when he took his like uh, his hairband out and then scored, that was so strange. Like it was one of the weirdest moments. Um, Marcus says Rashalison shirt. <laughs> giving yellow cards, <laughs> removing his shirt, and disallowed a goal. I think it's three times. Well. The pigeon um, dance as well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Amira says Arteta's role. The oh yeah, that was Aston Villa. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, did enjoy that one. Uh, Aston Villa's goalkeeper, Amy Martinez, Where's scoring an own goal uh, with the Jorginho strike again. Another really good um, example. Uh, Matt G says most improved was Ben White. He's added more to his game than I ever thought. He's become one of the best right backs in the league this season. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that certainly was one of them. Rancis is also Martinez against Villa uh, for Villa. Rather, it was also one of the funniest slash weirdest moments of the season as well. So yeah, uh, there's been a few. Uh, obviously, the season's not done. We've got Wolves at the weekend, yeah. and uh, I'll be there uh, covering the game. Which yeah, it's it's a strange one. It feels like. Feels a bit like a funeral for a season. <laughs> it's a weird uh, dichotomy of of what of, of kind of thanking the, yeah. the players, the disappointment, thanking Xhaka, who yeah, yeah. there's an expectation of, of an announcement before. Well, Xhaka told me and Simon Collins from the Standard after the game uh, against Forest that we would hear about his future in the week. We've not heard anything yet, and there's only mm. two days left. So unless that's been delayed for some reason, could it doesn't be, look could, like that. Could be announcement on Sunday, you reckon? On the pitch. Could be an announcement on Sunday. Uh, I, I He said when we asked him was that he wanted to kind of have the fans know before the okay. game. All right. So whether we hear something today or tomorrow, it would surely have to be today because oh, I yeah. suppose it can be tomorrow because there's no games tomorrow, is there? Because you've got all the games on Sunday. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, him saying goodbye, thanking Saka for his contract, Nelson potentially if he signs before... Then as well, that could be a good moment. Maybe he announces it on the... I said it had been great if Saka would have announced his contract renewal at the game afterwards. That would have been yeah. great. 
uh, that would have been a really, like really great moment. Yeah. That's a missed opportunity, I felt. Um, but uh, be even better. William Saliba announces his new contract oh. <laughs> full time. That would be wonderful. But uh, no, no suggestions that that's any closer at the moment. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, we'll, of course, be back uh, with the press conference. I'll take a face of the press a little bit later on today. Um, but uh, we'll hear from from him. And, of, of course, we'll hear from him after the game on Sunday. There, Are you doing a match reaction with Charlie on Sunday, potentially? Or are we doing that yeah. Monday? No, we will. But this is the last agenda of the season, bro. Oh, you're right. It is. It is the last agenda of the season. I suppose we'll be doing it. What, yeah, we're we not going to do it on Monday? Yeah, we will yeah. be, but uh, of this season. Of this season. So, yeah. I suppose for this season, it's the last Arsenal agenda. So, thank you to everybody that's listened uh, to the show and has tuned in every morning or as many mornings that we've been doing them. Uh, a massive thank you to uh, Uma as well. Thank you, mate. Appreciate your uh, your help this season. Yeah, same as you, bro. Same as all the people who have um, contributed but yeah, it has been it has been a season um, of many emotions, high and low. But um, it is a season that I remember for a long time as one of the best growing up as an Arsenal fan watching this team play. Because for the first time this season, we have been in a title race for a long, long time. So the only way is up. The only the only way is up. So that's 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 where I sign off. Yeah, uh, I think. It's also right as to say that you know this season we've had contrib- contributions rather from people that, that aren't at the company anymore. We've had uh, Bailey, of course, who's uh, with uh, myself and Chris Davison. You know the the trio <laughs> started off doing the shows. Um, Alfie behind the scenes as well um, that, that moved on a couple of months ago. Is it been a couple of months? Yeah, by, I think it far. Yeah, maybe less than that. Um, uh, but of course, Charlie in the background is still with us. Um, but uh, we we have gone, you know, so far with the channel guy as well. Um, yes. too, guy Clark who helps us out a lot as well. Uh, loads of people uh, back in the day uh, gave a lot to the channel, and we've you know grown it to a huge, huge level. We look forward to seeing what happens next season. Champions League football, as Mister Wardy says, is back uh, as well. So we'll be bringing that hopefully, hopefully as well on the channel for the next season. But uh, yeah, for the last time this season. Uh, until it finishes on Sunday. Thank you ever so much for listening. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.